Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings. I am your host, Dr. Jeannie Burnett, and we are streaming live from the Gwinnett Sinesta Hotel on Business Radio X. I would like to thank Mr. Rick Strawn and Paradigm Security for bringing us to you, uh, providing that opportunity. And today's show is just me again. Hi. Um, we are going to be talking about attachment styles and relationships. This is something that um, most people do not think about. We're not taught this um, unless you go to graduate school or unless you are super, super curious about this. So over the time, over the years, um, I, as I have become a psychologist, and I've learned and watched more and more people, um, I have learned that attachment and the way that we connect with people has a huge part in our relationship style, the way that we see other people, hear other people, experience other people. And what I wanna do is um, use what's called an object relations view or lens in use in thinking about people and attachment. So, Jeannie, what is object relations? I'm so glad you asked. Um, object relations is literally what it sounds like, objects and how they relate. So, in, in this scenario, I am part of the object and another person is the way that I relate to them. So there is a self and there is an other. I, in this scenario, am the self and the way that I see another person and look at them is the object. And so it's, I know it's really clinical, but um, it's really interesting. So I really enjoy taking complex psychological concepts and I like to boil them down and Clinton Tim Clinton and Gary Sibsey are two Christian authors and they have taken the four predominant attachment styles and they have made it really really simple and so if you want to hear more about what I am talking about you can check out their book called attachment styles by Clinton and Sibsey so, um, as I've been saying, there are four attachment styles. We're going to start out with two of them today, and then next time we are going to be talking about the two others. So, thinking about that self and other, okay? So, the self dimension in the secure attachment. So, if I am secure, I'm confident. I feel good about myself or good enough. You don't have to like think you're the bomb.com, but you just really are comfortable in your skin. I mean, that's one of the things that we say all the time when we're working with people, especially with eating disorders or body image issues, it's, are you comfortable in your skin? And if you are not, perhaps what I'm talking about today will help you identify why you are not comfortable in your skin. So in terms of the self, the self dimension or the belief systems inside of myself, there's two predominant ones. One is I'm worthy of love. Think about that. 
I am worthy. Like I, I don't deserve it, but I am good enough to have it. And the other part of this is I can accept it. I can accept your love for me. The other component is I am capable of getting the love and support that I need. So that means that if I don't have it right here and right now, if my best friend or my partner or my parent or that person that I think is the safest person that I know is not here right now, then I am capable of getting that from somewhere else and someone else. So these are the two underlying thought processes in having a secure attachment. So I, I like to boil it down. I'm okay. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And people like me doggone it. So the other dimension. So when I look at other people and I see other people and I'm talking to other people, what I see is, or what I believe is that other people are willing and able to love me. So like when they see me, they like me. They think I'm good enough. They think I'm smart enough. They don't have to be your biggest cheerleader, but they don't hate you either. And so in the secure attachment style, they are going to, that person is going to feel like I'm good enough. I'm worthy. I'm okay in and of myself. So like when I am alone at night, um, there's not a lot of un, uh, unprocessed issues or, I mean, there might be, but in the, in the end, like I can still fall asleep. Like I can, I'm comfortable enough. If there is an issue, you know what, it can wait for, for tomorrow. So like the, the belief system that I tell myself is actually felt inside of my heart. Uh, one of the things I also like to say is, I can have a belief system and that goes in my head. I mean, I can have a a thought and I can know something, but the belief comes way down in my heart. And because we live from our heart, our heart says, this is good enough and I am good enough and I am lovable and it's okay. And I'm going to be okay. Even if I don't feel like I'm okay right now. And so If I'm having, let's say, an interchange with someone and it's, um, it's tense and that person might be upset with something that I did or that I said, they will be able to hear the things that I say to basically explain my position, explain my point of view. And even if they leave and they're still upset or they're not happy with me, I can still be okay and comfortable with the things that I've done and with I and that I've said. So I'm okay. I am, I like to think about uh, if you're a tree. I like to think in lots of different concepts and visualizations. So imagine yourself standing up and that your feet are firmly planted on the floor or on the ground. And that that represents the roots of who you are and your just your whole sense of stability and if you are if there's a a, a tornado or there's a bad wind or there's a hailstorm what happens to you like the hailstorm is like the storms of life and if that wind comes or that storm comes 
Like what happens to you? Are you still able to be firmly planted? Someone that has a secure attachment style is going to still be, they might feel weathered, they might be exhausted, they might need some sleep, they might need to go to the beach, but they're still okay. They feel okay inside. And so that is my description and my understanding of a secure attachment style. Let's move on to an ambivalent attachment style. So in the ambivalent attachment style, so if I'm ambivalent, um, maybe, maybe not, right? I might be okay, I might not be okay. So if we look at the self and the other dimension, the self dimension in general is I'm not okay. The other dimension is you are okay. So the self is I'm not worthy of love and I am not capable of getting the love I need without be, being angry and clingy. These are direct, I'm reading directly from this book. And so think about that. If you have an issue with feeling incompetent, incapable, not good enough, then that is gonna go back to your attachment with your early caregivers. If that is a belief system that you have had for as long as you can remember, then that is, that is the key point in your issue in relationships. And so if you have an issue where you just don't feel good enough, um, you're not, people give you compliments and you're like, yeah, 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 whatever. And you brush them off and you blow them off and you cannot accept a compliment. Like that's a, that's a big deal. Like you do not feel okay or comfortable enough inside of yourself. However, with the other people in my relation, if I am a, an ambivalent attachment person, the other dimension is that the other person is capable of meeting my needs, but not, ba <laughs> sorry, others are capable of meeting my needs, but might not do so because of my flaws. Because, you know, they're, they're able to do it, but something's wrong with me and so something gets messed up between them and me now them and you if something gets messed up that's that's not you know that's that's okay that's that's got nothing to do with you but if you can't meet my needs it's because I'm broken I'm wounded I'm not good enough the other thing is that you are trustworthy and reliable but because I'm so bad you might abandon me because I'm not worth it. Like, sure, you're being nice because you're, you're, you have to say that because you're my brother or you have to say that because you're my mom. And so if, if I think that I am not worth it, my lens is that I can't, I can't see the good. I can't, ex there's, there's just not a way for me to accept the good. And so I might, um, even if you are like the nicest person to me, I will push you away. I won't be able to, to respond. I won't be able to, to, I won't be able to accept anything good. So I want you to think about yourself as like a little, a little circle. I like to draw a lot when I'm doing therapy. And so if the outside person 
like the circle inside you are the circle everything inside the circle is about you so if there's a bunch of negatives right inside the circle and you are a positive person and you are only loving me and providing for me and you're being good to me but I have such a rigid boundary around myself that I can't accept that then the problem is is what I believe about myself the problem is not the other person it's me like I and it's not and the funny thing is is it's not it's not me it's the belief systems that I've developed so I'm gonna okay so we've talked about the two attachment styles for today secure and ambivalent but like let me back up for a second I want to talk about um, our early childhood development when we grow up in um, a chaotic environment there's there's two things that happen when we're children when we're babies we have we come into the world with um, a kind of a hard wiring a temperament maybe I am a fussy baby maybe I'm colicky maybe my body doesn't work right yet maybe I'm whatever maybe I have a, a, a medical issue maybe I have um, autism so there's lots of different things that can happen medically um, with our brains and with our bodies that can cause early issues as I'm an, an infant and so think about coming into the world and not having any sense of self you are just a big bundle of nerves and I'm gonna I'm gonna do with you guys what I did with my staff the other day when I was teaching this I want you to th if you're in a safe place if you're driving do not do this but if you're drive, if you're not driving if you're in a safe place and you can close your eyes I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think about the things you hear, smell, see, taste, and can touch. Okay, that was 10 seconds. I want you to imagine things that are good in your life during that 10 seconds, right? you're getting if you cry as an infant you you get a dry diaper you get fed you get rocked you get looked at um, all of these things are validation they are safety we develop safety the first year or year and a half of our life and if things are safe and good and consistent we even if we have sort of a fussy or a difficult attachment or um, uh, not attachment temperament then like things are good enough for me okay and and I'm not saying that parents have to be perfect because I don't know any perfect parent um, <clears throat> what happens is if those needs are met then as a as a developing infant I can feel comfortable in my skin I can feel comfortable in my environment however if there is tension in the environment if mom is inconsistent if grandma is in like whoever the caregiver is who 
whoever's supposed to provide it, be providing that all of those basic safety needs, your, your food, your water, your shelter, your clothing, those things, if they are inconsistent, if they don't have enough money to buy you a dry diaper, um, if you have to sit in a soiled diaper for hours, if you can't get food for hours, if you have to cry for hours, those are, those are issues that in your hard wiring, in your nervous system, your, your nervous system is developing so much during the first really eight years of your life. But bef <clears throat> before you were a, a person, a sense, have a sense of self, that first year, year and a half of life, it is so important to try, like, it is so important in the development of your attachment. Um, there is another re uh, theorist that said that, Erickson, that said that this developmental stage is trust versus mistrust. And if you cannot trust what's going on in your environment, then you're going to have to figure out a different way of coping even as an infant, even when you don't have words. And so lots of times people will come in and they, they say, I've got this feeling and I just don't have any words for it. That there, my friend, is reaching in and touching on your attachment. If it is a comfortable attachment, that's one thing. If it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an experience and you just don't have words, it's because it goes so far back because if you think about it as infants, we don't have words, we have experiences, we have ex like physical, emotional, um, all of those kinds of experiences we don't have any words to put, we don't have a language to put on it. So the next, I'd say 18 months of life between a year and a half and three years, we begin to develop s different ways of connecting and disconnecting. So Around nine months to a year, babies become more ambulatory. Uh, they start crawling around, re, you know, exploring their environments. And so <clears throat> if a baby can crawl away, but then turn around and see mom or that, that primary attachment figure, and that is like a touch. And so if I crawl away and you're still there, then that's developing a safe attachment to you to that person. If I, once I get my, my legs and I start running around and I can start playing hide and seek and I can do all those things, if you're still there, that in some form or fashion, then that develops a secure attachment style. If the, the primary attachment figure is not there, if they don't look, so I want you to understand how much energy goes into look, seeing, and mirroring what's what we call mirroring when you look at that baby and that baby is looking at you and you're lo locking eyes with that baby you are giving that child so much information about who they are if you look at that baby and you're loving them and you're cooing with them and you're mirroring that's what we call mirroring you are a mirror for that baby and so the energy that you give to that baby is positive and that is developing the secure attachment that baby knows in his like deepest like level of being that he is loved 
And so if you can look at that baby and give that and, and validate, that's a validation that is you are important, you are smart without words. It is so important to look at that child. And so, you know, grandmas, I know this is like our favorite, well, I don't have any children. <laughs> Not me, but this is the favorite thing for grandmas to do is like, look at that baby. Oh, and coo. It's, it's amazing. This is so important. And as children grow, looking at them and saying, you are such a good person. You are such a good boy. You are such a good girl. These are all ways that we can help develop a healthy, positive sense of self in that child. So a lot of our... Um, attachment that we develop comes from how people have treated us and so I want you to think about how were you treated as a child how were you validated and we're going to talk a little bit next time about how that um as we grow over our lifetime, like how that gets changed over time and experiences and how baby and our brains kind of um, experience all that. So I want you guys to think about just this early attachment and the way that you were loved, you were, and also I want you to think about, because I am not here to, to bash parents. Um, my parents were 19 when I was born. They didn't know squat about how to raise a kid. And because, I mean, 19, you're a baby yourself, right? And so they did the, I always believe this, parents are always doing the very best that they can with, with what they've been given. And if they didn't, if they didn't have an, an emotional maturity, if they hadn't grown up themselves, if they got caught with their pants down, um, then they're probably going to be a little bit erratic and sporadic. And that's going to that's gonna play a little bit on that baby. And so I want, I, I am, again, not here to bash any parent. I'm not here to bash any caregiver. I know that if you are a caregiver, that you have done the very best that you could with everything that you had, everything you were going through. And I, I just want to validate that. And nobody's perfect. And so I want this really for the people that you, you yourself, I want you to think about your secureness, your attachment. Like, are, are you good enough? Have you grown? Like, I can tell you that when I was in my teenage years, all the stuff that I went through, that my parents went through, divorce and changes and marriages and all different kinds of stuff. Like, it's hard on how a child develops over time. And so I, th I, I want you to know that me at 16, 26, 36, 46, and now 52, I'm a very different person at 52 because of all of the work. Like I have put in a lot of work for myself. So if you hear anything from this, I want you to put in the work. If you've never gone to therapy, try it. Give that therapist six, six times. And if you, don't, if you don't jive with that therapist, find another one. Because I want you to know that you are worth taking care of. You are worth figuring this stuff out. And because our brain 
can make changes. The earlier you do this, the better. So our brain has neuroplasticity, which means that when we learn new things, it changes our brain. We add new road pathways in our brain. And so if you practice a new pathway, then the old pathway will die off. And that's a, a, a pathway is literally a thought. I am good enough. I am good enough. I am good enough. I'm okay. I'm worthy of love. And so if you just have to fake it till you make it, that's okay. Just keep saying that to yourself. Write it on your mirror. Think about it. Let it be this mantra. But you got to find your truth. All right. So that's enough for today. Um, again, I want you to um, just listen to this. Think about you as an infant, how things were when you were growing up. And we are going to talk about some more attachment styles and more about the trajectory of who we are as kids growing up and how our brain works. So thank you for listening. I, again, am Dr. Jeannie Burnett. This is Food, Faith, and Feelings on Business Radio X, coming to you from the Senesta Hotel in Gwinnett County, Georgia. Thank you so much. Have a great day.